And three, two, one, we are officially on. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the official second season of the True Leisure Podcast. This is episode one, and we are back after a whole year with season two. We are ready with more content, and we are also going to be uploading on a weekly basis for you guys this season. And it is the summer. During the summer, many students around the world take this time as time to relax, to grow, to work on those things that they may not have had time or the commitment to work on during the school year because of their commitment to school. Looking on that theme, we have decided that uh, episode one of season two is going to be on that same note in which we're going to talk about our own personal projects and maybe personal projects that we're currently working on, personal projects that we want to work on in the future, and personal projects that we've had fleeting thoughts about but have no plans to work on in the future. So, yeah, and without further ado, let us get started, and we hope you guys enjoy this second season, and we are very much excited to put out a lot of new content. And we're also going to be active on social media. So if you haven't followed us on Instagram at True Leisure Podcast, please do so now. And if you haven't checked out season one, also go do that. All right, guys, how does it feel? We are back with season two. Mindset's back. <laughs> yeah. Feels great. Ethan? I'm kill. I'm kill. Ready to do it? Yep. It's good to be back. So, I mean, I won't ask you guys about all the trauma that you guys experienced during this past school year. So, let's just, let us just get to the personal projects that you guys have. What are you guys personally working on this summer? Or do you, you guys want to work on? G, you want to go first? Yeah, so I guess the biggest project for not just me, but also Alex and Ethan, all three of us are working on it, is a video game. Uh, it's kind of inspired by just all of us having a general in, a general interest in game development. And so we were just like, what if we just got together and made a game that is achievable through the summer? And so... We started just setting up roles and getting a concept back in May. And now we're actually working on programming assets and design. Um, anyone want to, Alex, Ethan, you guys want to say anything about the game? Um, I guess it's the, the concept we have right now. It's sort of inspired by the Tau Cannon from Half-Life 1 where you can pick up objects and, you know, apply force and, like, launch them. But we're planning on doing something like adding a ricochet mechanic, having, like, a tractor beam to pull objects in. So it's it's kind of Portal-esque with 
a different a different valve twist basically using something from half-life instead of a portal device and yeah, yeah that comes with a lot of challenges like obviously the programming challenge making sure that isn't buggy is going to be incredibly hard um and you know i'm using it as a an opportunity to learn how to use 3d um 3d art software like a blender and import them into unity which we're using You know, I have to ask, do you guys have any, like, sort of inspirations? Because I think we all, um, whenever we work on any sort of project that regard, that involves some sort of artistic endeavor, I think everybody has that sort of, maybe, I don't want to say foundation, but that thing or person that they take uh, inspiration from and that they want to go in that sort of general direction that they've taken with their artistic endeavors. So do you guys have any like particular uh, game in mind that you guys are taking inspiration from other than Portal? For me... Other than... Go for it. All right. Uh, for me, I would have to say um, I have two inspirations. Those being... The creators of Slay the Spire and Toby Fox, who made Undertale. And the reason for this is just because these are either a small indie company or just an individual person, in Toby Fox's case, being able to create something really, really interesting just like with the little resources they have. And I don't expect that we're going to make the next bestseller, but I think with what we have we can definitely make something really cool and something that we'll be proud of just by the end of summer awesome if we're if we're lucky and if we're proud enough with our project we may even put it on steam so that's that's uh, something to look forward to now here's something i didn't ask uh my fellow workers here but if we did put it on Steam, would you guys be willing to update it? Yes. Yeah. It would there's a whole new dimension of you know, responding to user feedback with a game that I think would be worth exploring if we end up posting it or publishing it on Steam. Mm-hmm. I agree. And we do have our you know, we have our idea now that we're trying to accomplish before we have to go back to school in the fall. But if our game does well, then I think making updates would be in order, you know, without revealing too much um, of our plans. So right now, we would just have like a single player story mode that we would be releasing. Whereas later on, if we decide to make an update, we could potentially have a multiplayer it's just uh, some other, or maybe additional like DLC for levels. It's just further 
down the road. So right now we're just trying to have a basic scope for our release. So awesome. Anything else? On this game? No. For our personal projects, I'd assume we have more. But uh, how about yeah. you tell us about something that you are working on, Akash? Okay, so um, I think my biggest immediate personal project right now is probably just the one that I plan to accomplish, or at least kickstart it before school starts, is my sort of synesthesia slash music project. And I've told you guys about it, but for the viewers who don't know, I have this thing called synesthesia, where when I listen to mu music or certain melodies within music, I associate that with different colors. And uh, one thing that I've always been interested in terms of, you know, just my non non art related thing has been uh astronomy and i've really always been interested in um like nebulas and star systems and galaxies that you know have just the this plethora this multitude of different colors within one single space and it's just you know it's it's so beautiful to look at because it's, there's just like red popping out and there's blue and purple and all these different colors uh, within these different nebulas and star systems, and I've always just sort of been drawn to those and I've always really liked looking at them, and I've you know I have them on my wallpapers and stuff, on my computer and my iPad, and I sort of thought I had this. I had this thought while I was actually watching Interstellar because one of my biggest inspirations in terms of music composition is Hans Zimmer, who's actually the guy who composed uh, the theme of Interstellar. And, you know, just the music of Interstellar while you watch it, it really, like, it really complements the story just so well. Like, as you're, you know, the as they're, you know, flying through space, the music that comes on is uh just it, it it fits so well the melody the intricacies of the melody it fits just so well with the theme of what the movie is about and i always i wanted to do something like that because you know obviously interstellar is also about space and um yeah i so i thought if i when i listen to music when i see colors why don't i take these different star systems and galaxies and nebulas that uh you know people have photographed with uh whether it's you know through uh, astrophotography why don't i take those and make compositions based on the colors that they exhibit and i think that's like a really that was a really good way for me to express myself because I mean, I express myself through music, but also just through my, you know, passion for not just science, but astronomy and like astronomy specifically. So yeah. And I, I've never actually heard anyone do this kind of project either. So I think it's, it's a unique project that 
I definitely plan on getting started on because I can look at a color and I can associate that with a melody that I've heard that associates with that color, right? So like if I hear something and I think of red and then when I hear red, I can incorporate pieces of that melody into a larger soundtrack and I hope to uh, make that into a whole album, hopefully. I do plan on releasing at least like two within summer break. Two songs, right? Like not two albums? Yeah, yeah, two songs, not two albums. Okay, okay, okay. Just for clarification. I was like, hold up. Yeah, no. Because, I mean, I, I use like um, a multitude of different instruments like guitar, flute, uh, piano, things like that, just to create a sort of that ambiance of what it might feel like when you're traveling through space and you're traveling through that star system, what might you be listening to? I can imagine that the process for that would be, you know, it, it would, it would, there would be a lot of thinking involved with it. It's not just making music for the sake of making music. You're making it to fit this image. Right. And I can imagine there would be a lot of nitpicking throughout the process. Like, Oh wait, Maybe this should be this, or yeah. I should, uh, I didn't record that correctly. I may do it again. Oh man. So, you, yeah. It's, it's crazy. I mean, there's, there's nitpicking involved in just regular music composing, right? Cause there's just so many layers to that. You have the, you have the ambiance, the background music, and then you have just so many layers upon layers of that with different instruments. And just like, that's for a regular music composition and uh, yeah it's kind of like overwhelming but it's also at the same time it's kind of exciting and that like there's just so many different things to explore so yeah it's uh something i hope to you know get a hold of have yeah, you also Alex. considered um what i was just gonna quickly mention have you also considered um yeah not just instruments but also vocalizing like the like in the Halo theme. You know, I've considered it, but I feel like, um, yeah, I mean, I've considered it. I'm just like, I haven't really given uh, substance to my thoughts yet. So it it really just depends on how it would fit in, like the because if I'm using like so many different instruments, like you know, piano and flute and whatnot just so many different instruments to create this song just full of layers i don't want it to have it like adding vocals and then that kind of just makes it too much you know but i i definitely have thought about vocals and songs that are a bit more simplistic because you know in the halo theme there's not much you know music in that first part it's just vocals Alex? Okay, I had some questions about, like, the, I guess, some mechanisms of how your your synesthesia works. So you yeah. mentioned how there's, you know, you're using a, several different instruments. Yeah. So that implies that, um, do specific instruments tend towards a different color usually? 
Like, does the the timbre do anything? I definitely feel like it does. It's I haven't really like given much like specific thought into whether different instruments, but like it's kind of hard to explain in that like there's the color and there's the sort of way the color pops out in your mind. Like in that if it's like a big deep instrument, then the color is going to be low, but it's also going to be very like substantial. It's kind of it's kind of hard to like explain. Uh, but it's like, 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 say if like, um, like a tuba, right? A tuba is a very deep, there's a lot of substance to it. Then in my mind, what that would be like, is that like my whole mind, if it's playing like a certain melody, it will just be like enveloped in that sort of color. But if it's like, because most compositions that I've heard, they're very like simplistic. I haven't really paid much attention to that, but, uh. Yeah, I mainly just focus on the colors, but it's 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 more to do with like volume. Like as the pitch sort of goes up, the color also kind of just like shrinks. Okay, it'd be interesting to read something, or if you did some sort of analysis on how different factors of music like influence your perception of the color right like mm-hmm. how like what you said the, the volume making yeah. it envelop more right yeah or pitch making it envelop less and how i don't know something about how maybe the hue of the colors changed by specific things like do you think it's mostly memory or emotional response or something like that i think it could be like a little bit of both because you know in indian classical music there's um there's a so many different melodies and there's only melodies there's no harmony within it so it's just like i sort of i listen to that a lot i haven't i don't really listen to much western music so it's it's sort of like that because like i don't really listen to much harmony it's sort of just very linear fashion like when there's certain melodies it's a certain color there's another melody it's just it's another color so i guess i'd I'd sort of have to like play around with once i start doing this and that like how does uh, adding different melodies on top of one another or harmonizing how does that sort of change it okay it's 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 also kind of hard to describe because the best way I sort of say is like it's kind of like looking into a kaleidoscope. So yeah. Anybody else? Okay. Yeah. Um, I guess sticking to the theme of music because I feel like. A lot of us have uh, music is a big part of our life so I'll just quickly talk about my music project so I might have talked about it in the last season in the hobbies episode where um, I played guitar but not as much anymore I do really want to come back to guitar along with other instruments like bass the drums, 
saxophone and make my own album. So there, I have album ideas, right? But the main album that I want to talk about here is, I guess, in my mind, would kind of be a magnum opus, where... So the idea, the concept for the album is that it's a multi-genre album. Every song in the album is a different genre of rock or metal. So it starts off being, you know, more like classic rock, desert rock, alternative rock. And then as the album gets more and more, or as, as the album progresses, it gets more and more heavy eventually switching to something like thrash metal or heavy metal or death metal. And throughout I sprinkle like sort of tidbits of my life. So each song would have a part of me in it. And it's about all I can say for right now because again i don't among like all my other stuff this is something that i would want to do way in the future when i have a ton of time so yeah this is this is this is kind of i guess branching into the whole future projects and not current projects a little early but yeah it's 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 definitely just something i want to do in my lifetime yeah do you think that's something you would want to do as your like first album because i've wanted to do some similar stuff at least in the art realm but it seems like putting your big magnum opus is like the first thing you think about is almost like you know you're showing your hand too early and on top of that you're not like in practice so like if it flops it's not like you're getting a second shot. Yeah, I've considered that. I I was thinking about it as I was saying it, and it's definitely not going to be my first album. I just said that this was going to be the album that I think was the most worth talking about. So, so just throwing out a couple ideas for other albums. I, I could do something like Gojira did, where they make uh, melodic death metal albums about the environment. I could do something like Ailstorm where I talk about being a, a sailor upon the high seas. Um, maybe something more groovy like Mastodon. Just I have a ton of ideas. It's just that one I think is the best manifestation of myself. And that's why I decided to bring it up here. I just want to bring this up while we're on the topic. My... Uh, game design teacher did say this from him, not me, that ideas are a dime a dozen. What really matters is how you're going to turn those ideas into reality. So what's your plan to get to these later stage? Well, to put it plain and simple, the reason why I haven't made active progress on this goal on this project is because i've plateaued in skill on my on guitar and 
I've kind of stopped playing guitar. It's I've I've very rarely picked it up in the past. I would say two years. So I guess the first step would be to get back into it. Not ma- not necessarily master the guitar, but at least get to a point where I'm more comfortable with my skills. And then the second thing would be, like I said, introducing myself to those other instruments. And I will say from my prior experiences to uh, music making, vocals are so much harder than I thought they would be. Even something like growling or screeching is so takes so much skill that I wasn't prepared for. And if you don't do it right, it just sounds like garbage. So that's another thing to work towards, I guess. Do you like at um, at your university? Do you guys have like clubs for music or specific specifically rock? Um, not that I know of. I. Did I did a lot of like searching for these kind of clubs, but I don't I didn't see any sort of like music group other than orchestra or like a un, like an underground rap club. Mm. Um, but there was a class that one of my cla- one of my roommates recommended me take that goes over rock and metal history. It's uh, it could it, and it requ- it satisfies some general education requirements too, and you know they talk about the Beatles, they talk about Led Zeppelin, and they allow you to do research on your own bands. Which one of like to me one of to me one of the most important bands are the founders or not the founders but the pioneers of death metal. So there's Death, there's Bolt Thrower, uh, there's Cannibal Corpse. It's a lot of stuff that a lot of people aren't aware about that I am passionate about. So that's some, yeah. It's, yeah. That class, as far as I've been able to find at my university was pretty much all there was for the genre that I'm interested in. Are you Why waiting to start a club? Then? Why don't I start a club? Well, for one, it's my last year there next year. And two, n- there might not be enough interest considering the crowd. And three, just all that management when I'm going to be busy with my capstone class, I, yeah. Are you waiting like for classes to be in person to take the class? Yeah. Yeah, I might. Yeah, they're going to be open this fall. And according to my schedule, I'll have room for one, maybe two extra classes that don't um, can contribute anything to my major. So I can I can afford to take it. And I think it'd be sick. That's nice. Awesome. Anyone else have any projects related to music before we move on or just like any projects that you guys are working on yeah 
Well, it's not related to music, but I, I do have one thing I've been slowly working towards, though I should be trying to go faster. Um, so I've been playing League of Legends for about... It's 2021, so it's eight years now. And I've always done it for fun. And it wasn't until recently that I've really wanted to get serious. And uh, Alex and Gino, because I've talked to them a, a lot about it, and I get really serious when we play, even just a, for fun, because I treat a lot of it as like warm-ups or practice or something. And my end goal right now is to hit a rank called Diamond, which is a division above what I currently am. And I want to use that, leverage it, and try to start up YouTube and maybe a Twitch stream, which a lot of people say they want to do. And it's supposedly an easy barrier to entry, but I know you really have to work at it and you need to have a niche. And right now I'm treating this ranking as my ticket and just doing the, the practice for it is it takes a little bit of the fun out of the game i will say but i think it's worth it because i do have that competitive spirit in me and it kind of fits just with everything i want to do do you when you said that there's a low barrier to entry or that like you said that people think there's a low barrier to entry, right? Yeah. When, you know, that's definitely not true because of how, you know, streamers, if you're a streamer, you have to dedicate a lot of time and mental energy into streaming. Otherwise, you're not going to make a living, right? Yeah. And, you know, like you said, um, you need a niche. Do you have a niche that you're going for? I, I, the easiest niche I can think of is having a main, right? Yeah, for sure. Which um, is, for people that don't know, it's just a, a character in League of Legends that you're one of the best at. So that people come to you for advice. Or gameplay when they want to, like, see how that character plays. Yeah. Like the like. Um, I wouldn't say that would be my niche. I think my niche would be more informational and then generally cool-headed, but sometimes gets entertainingly angry. I think there is a market for that. Because I know uh, Sneaky is Cloud9's old ADC. He does a lot of like theory crafting. He crunches the numbers and tests new stuff out all the time. And I've been doing that all like all the time in my free time. So I think that's one of the niches I can fill. But then when it comes to actual gameplay, like the level headedness and then going to really heated is something that people find entertaining generally. So that might be the other niche I'm filling. But otherwise, I think the real barrier to entry is getting popular. Like, 
people can stream for thousands of hours and they just don't get seen. Like, obviously, doing more helps, but I don't know if I have the time dedication when it comes to streaming. So I think I want to just stream on the side whenever I feel like it and focus more on YouTube because YouTube has a thing for making random people go viral, and especially when it comes to clips from popular games. So I think that's the best avenue, at least for me right now. Yeah, as someone who's also doing a little bit of streaming on the side as well, it's hard, right? Like, along with, you know, just having people find you, having an average viewer count just stay up there can be quite difficult, even if you're getting all your friends to watch. Having people like you is a whole another ordeal. Being good at the game that you're playing is one of the easiest ways to get people to watch you, but at the same time, you need to provide something that is different from the other hundreds of people that are trying to stream as well. Uh, I don't stream League, I stream StarCraft and Tetris, which I think are more niche than League, but they still have like a smaller community, which you're still fighting for viewers for. You know what I mean? It's I'm not saying it's a competition against other streamers, because if you have good relations with other streamers and even manage to get like a collab with another, then you could get some major publicity and it would help you a lot. But at the beginning, it's a really, really slow drag. You said that it was a low barrier to entry because all you need is some broadcasting software, a microphone, a good microphone and just good gameplay. But it's, it's, it's harder than people think is yeah. what I'm saying. You know, there, there's a ton of people that are just like, Oh, this guy's just playing video games for a living. Why don't I just do that? And uh, it's, it's not that easy. I mean, they're welcome to try, right? But like whether or yeah. not they can make a living off it is a completely different story. Yeah. Yeah, it's like when someone comes up with an idea, there will be a ton of, I would guess, I would say copycats, and they don't do as well. No one ever remembers the copycats. They think of the pioneer. Mm, I don't know about that. Uh, if you okay, okay. If you ever heard, to say. sorry, Alex, <laughs> go on, Alex. I was just gonna say something about how the the audience for streams is really weird. Because think about somebody that watches streams, right? Then think about somebody that subscribes to a stream. That's such a small percentage of people that like play games, I think. That like good luck getting any percentage of the people that have a larger following, right? Yeah. No, that's a fair point. I think, yeah, there, there's an example I can think of how this one streamer that I watch, his name's Winter, only about 1% of his followers actually subscribe to him. But he has... 300k followers so you know he he has 
the stable income because people are so invested in him and his content. But just getting to that point, it's, it's, it's very difficult. You only get like half of the subscription or less. Most of it goes to Twitch, right? The bare minimum is half. Yeah. So if, if he, if 1% of his followers are subbed and he has 300 K, so he only gets what's a sub like $5 a month. Yep. So he gets yeah. 50, um, 250 times 3000 so he like that's not very much that's i mean like this seven is seven and a half k right that's not including donations tips that's bits, true. and uh ad revenue but also if you have a lot more viewers then the percentage that twitch takes is less or a mm. lot of subscribers i know yeah. pokemon gets Either four dollars or four fifty per five dollar sub. I don't remember the number. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. You'd think that for having that many followers, you'd get a lot more than what they probably get, right? Yeah. Like it would make sense, but that's just not the reality. Like not everyone's willing to like fork out five bucks a month. Yeah. Like, a lot of the people are like kids too, so. Like, where are they getting the money? Yeah, because only, yeah, kids are the, either kids or people with a lot of free time, right? Yeah, or or just a lot of cash who, like, want to support people. I think, I've seen a few, like, s- seminars from big streamers about this topic, about getting into streaming, and the number one tip I hear is... You, ne- you don't get into streaming for the money. Like, very rarely does that ever work, if any- at all. So the best thing to do is just do it for fun. And if you start hitting a breaking point, then you actually start trying. It's like a passion-driven industry. That makes sense. We could talk about how we're all trying. We all have fitness goals this summer. Oh. Most of us have fitness goals this summer. I'm pretty sure all of us do. <laughs> sure. So, do you not then? Uh, not necessarily. It's just maybe general fitness is a goal, right? I I guess if you put it that way, sure. I do have fitness goals. <laughs> okay. So yeah, I I think that's probably one of the things that's taking up the most of my time for this summer, other than other than the game, and other than you know I'm making an effort to try to talk to people more often that I haven't talked to in a while, but that you know I'm. Sh- going like hard on the diet and stuff like that and hopefully that has some fruit at the very end i don't know i've always been kind of insecure about how i look so this is 
the way that I know is possible, regardless of, you know, what your face looks like and stuff like that to make yourself look better and to also feel better and like have more energy and stuff because I've I've had a a history of not doing anything for days basically so you know hopefully that'll not hopefully I'm sure that'll have some effect there and make my quality of life better and that's why that's why I'm doing this so if if you guys want to talk about what you guys are trying to do then feel free I have a note but if anyone has anything fitness related first I'd urge them to go now and then I'll just go after I was just going to mention my goal is pretty simple just you know past year and a half has been very, very sedentary. So getting an active lifestyle before I go back to campus in the fall is my main goal. On top of that, I also finally get to address many issues I've had with my body for a while. That's, it's, it's very simple, I think, very, uh, very ordinary motivations but it doesn't mean it's any less valid i think it's a very important like all because it's like mainstream per se doesn't mean it's not important like yeah. some things are mainstream for a reason i think being healthy is pretty fair <laughs> yeah gosh what about you i'm just you know getting back into the cross-country routine running eight nine miles a day it's been it's been it's been kind of like I didn't really expect to do this because I went from running zero mileage a day to straight into an eight mile run. So, but it's not like I've been doing that like like all at once. It's usually been like four miles in the morning and four miles in the evening. So yeah, my my main goal is just uh, my main thing has always just been to like make my body perform at the top of its game and that like uh, like you know aesthetics are a welcome side effect of that but my main thing is it's not like i'm going to be dehydrating my dehydrating myself in order to pop the abs out a bit more but it's mainly just get healthy be able to perform like a like a spartan like you talked about it a Me and or our situation here is that you know we go to the we all four of us go to the gym together. Four of us meaning instead of Akash, we have Trey who was on an episode before. So we have that group sort of obligation, right? How is it for you, Akash? Is it all like intrinsic motivation? Because it sounds like that's really that would be really hard yeah it's it's it is intrinsic uh, it's 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 harder because uh you know it's like with cross country it was different because we would run as a group and it would be every day and you know we were part of yeah. a team but uh now it's just kind of like i have to get up i have to go run and now 
it's three o'clock right now and when it hits seven o'clock I have to go again so it's just kind of like but it's also good in a way because it just sort of allows me to sort of like plug out in a way from you know like the rest of the world and just focus on what I'm doing at that point right now and uh, yeah it's it's I mean it is intrinsic motivation but it's also that like I do get motivation from you guys as well because I'm in that group chat and you guys are also talking about that you guys are going to go to the gym and then that also sort of motivates me more to do what I got to do. But uh yeah, it's um intrinsic motivation it's just that like it's not necessarily hard I would say. It's just that it can be kind of difficult at some points especially when you're feeling super low or low on energy or you really really don't want to do it like your your you know your legs are kind of giving out and you know your knees are kind of hurting but you still got to go run or you still got to go work out you got to do it yeah you know so yeah, i found now. that i'm really good at making smart excuses whether you know smart means something whether it's you know the the reason that the excuses work is because they're reasonable right yeah until you i guess dissect them a little bit so you know the the fact that you can or you have been just pushing through any sort of thing like that is really awesome and respectable the thing is like my i have a very weak mind in that my mind just latches on to anything like a leech if it's okay. like if it's like you know it's like i just kind of, i just had to i just have to figure out how to you know i just have to make my mind attached to that instead of something else Instead of like, if I, yeah. you know, sleeping, you know, I really like sleeping. So instead of making my mind attached to that, I got to make my mind attached to the fact that, oh no, I'm actually making progress. Why should I let that go to waste? I'll be I think honest. that's the most... Go ahead. Sorry, what was go it? Ahead, go ahead. Okay. I was just going to say, uh, it's... So, yeah, I find it admirable because uh, there was that one quote that it's 99% or 1% inspiration, 99% perspiration, meaning just having the mental capacity to be able to be driven to do those kind of things is just the best. It's, it's hard for most people. So the fact that you're able to actually get up in the morning Hell, I can't even get up in the morning sometimes. I just keep on sleeping and sleeping because I'm just like, okay, I'll do whatever I need to do when I wake up. See, the thing is, like, it's like, yeah, I mean, it's like, for me, it's more like, I sort of weigh my options, right? It's like, yeah, I can sleep. Or I can, you know, I can relax on the couch. I can, you know, do whatever. I can go play a video game for an hour. But it's it's that it's that aspect where you really don't want to go out and run, but you put on your shoes and then you go run, 
and then you come back. You're like, I'm glad I did that. Because, because you know, it's like, at the moment, I don't want to do it. But I know, because I've done it so many times, that if I do it, I'm going to be, I'm going to feel better about myself after. So it's, it's not like I don't know. It's not like I'm scared of like, oh, I'm going to run and then I'm going to be tired when I get back home. It's like, no, I know that when I get back, I'm going to feel pretty good. But it's just that in that moment, it's like the battle, it's like you're weighing your options. Like, okay, is this side going to win? And is that side going to win? And, you know, I think my biggest inspiration is this quote by Michelangelo, the Renaissance painter and sculptor. He uh, he basically, he has a quote. He said that, I saw the angel in the marble and carved until I set him free. So I saw the angel inside of the marble and I carved until I set him free. So it's just sort of like, you got to look in the mirror and you have to see who you are inside, who you want to be, your who you are at your peak. And you have to carve and carve and carve until you set that person free. Whether it's, you know, running to melt off body fat, to carve off that body fat, or whether it's, you know, going to the gym and building muscle. It's just like we're all sort of, we're all sort of trapped in some sort of marble. I think that's cool because it makes it sort of like you're trying to help someone else. Yeah. It it is you in the future, but I guess techniques like that work. No, I mean it definitely works because it's like because it yeah, sorry. Yeah, it appeals to our you know, compassion for other people. So yeah. even though this is like a abstract fake person, right? Yeah, yeah. Still has a lot of capacity for motivation, right? Yeah. And there's also that factor in that, like, when you don't do anything for, let's say, a year, Right. You don't work out. You sort of fall off. You slack off. Now the present you is now cursing your past you for slacking off. Oh, I don't want to get to the future and curse this version of me for not doing something when I had the time to do it. Yeah. You know, it's like it's it's kind of funny, but like, you know, David Goggins. He uh, he says this thing where it's like somebody asked him, like, uh, I think it was like, what motivated you? And he said that uh, something that kind of resonated with me also is like, I, I envisioned myself. This is him speaking. He said, when I was 300 pounds, I envisioned myself dying because I was close to dying. Right. He's like, he's like, he was die. He's He had a load of health problems. He was overweight. He was obese. And he was close to dying if he didn't do something about it. So he said he envisioned that he actually did die. And he believes in God. So he said that he went up to God. He goes up to the the pearly white gates of heaven. And God is sitting there. And he has like a a file. 
And God reads him as follows: Oh, David Goggins, three hundred pounds, six foot two, uh, pest control person, right? And he's like, "Yep, that's me." And then God pulls out another file, and that's him, like now as like a marathoner and like shredded, ultra marathoner, Iron Man, things like that. Uh, and then God pulls out this file and hands it to the three hundred pound David Goggins who has died, and he said. This is who you are now, but this file is what you could have been. So it's like, there's me now, but then there's also you that could have been, that you weren't because you didn't put in the work. So it's like, I don't, I don't want there to be an incident in which I am reminiscing about what I could have been instead of actually being that. It was pretty heavy for uh, <laughs> personal projects, but yeah, it's definitely not as easy as just sort of calling it, and you know, it's there. The motivation is there. I do have to work on it, but I think that's part of the process, right? It's like you put in the work to sort of ingrain that within you. David Goggins calls it the cookie jar. It's like you have these feats that you can accomplish. And you put them in your cookie jar. And then when things get hard, you remember like, no, I did that one thing. Now, I mean, I can get through this. If I can do that, I can do this. Because problems usually seem a lot bigger in person. when Versus when you look at it in the future and you're looking at it from behind in, in hindsight. And so I think this is sort of like me trying to make my cookie jar. Because if I can get down to like... 190 200 pounds and i can i can look the way i've always wanted to look and i can run without you know panting super hard and you know i i've always wanted to do a marathon sometime in my life so and if so if i just do this thing i can take this and i can put it in my cookie jar and then i can remember no if i if i had the motivation if i had the willpower to do this, then I can do anything. Because, I mean, it's like, it's kind of amazing, like, the combination of your mind and the human body. Like, you just imagine your mind at the peak and your body at at its peak. I mean, there's, there's virtually nothing apart from, like, you know, breaking the laws of physics, but virtually nothing that you can't really accomplish. It's just that it it takes a lot of work to get there at that point. Because it's just like, you know, it feels like that punishment of Zeus where that guy, he's pushing the, the boulder up the hill continuously. That's what it feels like. Yeah, you have to love your boulder. Yeah. <laughs> It's like it's more. It's it's also just loving it, but it's also just accepting it. Like once you know, you sort of accept that you know we're staying here a while. We're not gonna we're not gonna go anywhere. It, it does become kind of easier. Yeah. It's not to say that I don't have like weak moments in terms of like diet 
for like, I mean, I've only been doing this for like a week. I shouldn't be talking this much, but uh, yeah, because the beginning is always the most motivating. So I guess we got to see how I feel in like two months. Yeah. I I almost forgot what the episode was about. That was a lot. (laughs) So, I do respect what you've been doing, Akash. I'll I'll say that. And I think we're all finding a lot of motivation this coming summer. Like, I remember, Alex, you were talking about trying to reconnect with friends, right? Yeah. I want to ask, is that something you would say is in your comfort zone? No. Definitely not. My comfort zone would probably be to do nothing. Well, do enough that I don't hate myself. But, you know talking to people that you know it's it's not just easy to talk to people i think it takes an amount of mental exertion right yeah especially if it's for an outing or whatever um you know it's a time commitment it's a trade off and you know i think it boils down to sort of what akash was saying before with wanting to be the best version of myself at the end of the day and i think that the best version of me would be you know it involves somebody who isn't afraid to talk about how they're feeling with their friends and who wasn't afraid to put more commitment into their relationships. And yeah, that's more or less what I meant by trying to reconnect with friends. Yeah. Uh, I think I've probably mentioned to you guys before, but not to the podcast. But this coming summer, I've been trying to do something similar where instead of my goal of reconnecting my friends, my goal is to do something different, get get out of that comfort zone. Because for the past, past, like, what, 20 years now? Holy, okay. 20 years, I've kind of just been going along for the ride and doing what feels okay. Like, an example I can bring up is just, like, not texting my friends when I haven't talked to them in a while. Like, or being, like, too scared to ask out a girl or something. Like, obviously, there are limits to this. Like, sometimes it's not appropriate to text your friend every day when you've seen them, like, once in the past year. But, like, making that first step in the first place is definitely important. And I feel like 
a normal adult doesn't just sit down and play video games for hours on end or or like just do everything in their home like between our projects even like they go outside and talk to other people so i've been like trying to push this get out of my comfort zone thing right now like i went to papa john's to get a pizza with my brother who ordered it and there was a job sign so i went inside i asked they if they were hiring actually to see if the sign was still meant to be there and they said yes so if my interview right after this podcast recording doesn't go well i'm planning on calling them just because i want to do something i just wanted to mention that it's um it's sort of a it could be sort of a slippery slope when you know, you said how playing video games for a long period of time isn't a normal adult thing, which, you know, that's fine. If it isn't, if you don't want it to be you, then that's, you know, that's understandable. That's your opinion. But some people are perfectly okay with that. So I, I don't know. I'm just trying to avoid the vice of, you know, discrediting people for living differently. That isn't, you know, the productive, maybe not the productive view of American society. Yeah, uh, I guess I'll clarify that. Like, I personally don't want to spend my younger years just sitting inside. And I feel like I've missed a lot of opportunities and I've like I've left uh, this breakdancing club for basically a, a whole year, and I'm completely out of practice. I, I didn't even like make attempts to like ask for rides, even though I could have just to go to meets and stuff. And I use like the COVID excuse. Uh, I haven't gone to the social club, which I've been meaning to as well. And it's like I'm purposely ditching these things because. As opposed to video games being fun for me, they were more like an outlet or an excuse to do something else instead. So, at least in my case, I'm using them as a distraction. At least in these scenarios. I think I've caught myself doing that now, and I'm more responsible with it. So, I know what you're saying, though this is a personal case for me. Yeah. Cause I, I feel the same more or less about you know at the end of the day you can tell whether you're satisfied or not right with what you did that day and you know, I think we talked about eudaimonia at one point in the first season but I, that's that's the word for that um and I guess, you know, we've, I don't want to speak for all of us just in case this isn't the case, but I think this summer we've really made some progression towards, you know, valuing eudaimonia more than we did before for various reasons. I think I would definitely agree. 
I am no longer staying up till 4 a.m. playing Rust. Rust. Dude, God. <laughs> I, I would literally stay up just mining resources, going to bed, getting raided, and do it again. It was bad. Yeah. So I think I think with our what we have going on now, it's a little more productive. I will say the thing about for me for video games, I don't feel like they're holding me back or anything. To me, they've kind of just become a healthy part of my lifestyle, and I'll explain like my reasonings why. One, the most uh, most like, I guess, obvious one is it allows me to make, it allows me to have good moments with my friends. I have a folder on my computer that gets bigger and bigger each week because. I clipped some cool thing that happened and I save that. And on some days I'll just go back and watch them and it'll make me feel really happy. Another reason why I think playing, I don't have much regret for playing video games, spending all my time playing video games because in a sense, everyone has their limit of something. And I found that my most motivated, my best work has come after I have gotten tired of playing games. My best example I could think of is this one video series that I'm working on. If I feel like I've played too much League or too much StarCraft or too much of anything, I'll just close it, open up my dock, and just write my script. And, you know, it's going to be a pretty long script. I'm calculating at least 100 150 pages of script for this sort of documentary that I'm making, but it's playing video games. gives me grounded. It gives me time to think or time to gather the motivation to do something else. And, you know, while I do appreciate things like deadlines and uh, uh, deadlines and people telling me, what needs to be done, I feel like I would rather have no deadlines because deadlines make me procrastinate stressfully and I play games stressfully. Whereas when I'm on my own volition, I'm playing games normally and I get that motivation to do work by myself. And I think that's the best way to for me to work. Obviously, not it's not sustainable in the sense that, you know, you can't, I guess, do this when you have a job, you know, when you're working in an office or something. But for the time being where it's just, you know, the summer where we're just doing our own projects and we're close to finishing school, I feel like I don't see, I don't look at video games with contempt is what I'm trying to get at. I think it all comes down to like how you feel afterwards. You know, like I said before, it's like if you do something afterwards, you feel like, huh, I'm glad I did that, then you should uh, you should keep doing that. But if at any moment, anything you do, and this is just like very generally, but if anything, like, you know, you do something and you're, you, you have a feeling of regret, then maybe that thing is not probably in your best interests, whether it's anything, you know. 
And uh, yeah, I guess we've also hit the hour and 10 minute mark. And I'm just going to quickly mention, you know, the biggest personal project that, you know, we've started, which is, you know, the podcast. Because, you know, I guess uh, we all just sort of had this idea of trying to document our, th- our thoughts. Because we we regularly have discussions like these. But uh, it's never really been documented for you know future generations to enjoy but uh, yeah uh, i think this has been a good talk and uh, i hope you you guys also feel the same way and we are going to be coming back with some more content like i said in the beginning and if you enjoyed this episode just you know i don't want to say like comment and subscribe that's too cliche but uh yeah one thing i did want to mention is that our episodes will be weekly now so instead of a bi-weekly basis we are going to be doing them weekly uh every uh, sunday or so we will be uploading updating a new uh, uploading a new episode because we have a ton of more content a lot more ideas to explore and just much more to talk about this summer so Without further ado, I shall bid you adieu, and uh, yeah, stay happy everyone.